You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. That is the reason that we show up every week, and I know I tell you that every week, and I'm going to continue to tell you that every week, because He is the focus. He is the reason. He is the, the story of everything. So when He becomes not the story, then we cease to be the church that He's called us to be, because He's called us to be on mission for Him, not for Impact Church, not for any individual person in this room. We are on mission for Jesus. Amen? We're going to continue on in our Psalm series. We'll be in Psalm 23. If you want to turn there, it will be on the screen as well. This is week four. And what we've, what we've really got to see in this series is how the, the Psalms can really help us posture ourselves before Jesus. It's how it, it really all points to Him. We've looked at His Word and how important it is to dig in to the Word of God. We've looked at just who He is. We've looked at what what He can do for us. And today is no different. Psalm 23 is probably the most popular psalm. If you've ever been to a funeral, you have probably heard Psalm 23. And we are not going to let this be a funeral type atmosphere in this place. Amen. Amen. Alright, so what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to respond to me as much as possible today. So, People don't leave here thinking, man, that was one of the greatest funerals ever because that's not what this is about. We are celebrating Jesus in this place, so let's just be excited. Before we get started, I have one announcement. Next week we will be in the gym. So there's, there's one time, possibly twice, every summer that we have to move out of here so they can clean the floors and we do a family service in the gym. That will be next week. So this, this room will be off limits next week. You will enter the double doors at the gym. We'll have a post on Facebook about it as well. But just know that we are still having service, but we will be in the gym. So here's my challenge. The gym's a little, a little tighter fit, so let's pack out the gym next week. Let, let's get in there together. Let's be intimate. Let's get close, and let's worship Jesus like we've never worshiped Jesus before. So that's my challenge to you for next week. Now, we're not sure when David wrote Psalm 23. It doesn't tell us. I think that he probably wrote it towards the end of his life because of what he writes about God. And I believe that because of all the different things that David had experienced in his life, he's now looking back on the fact that God is who he says he is. That God is always there. That God is never going to forsake you. And maybe you walked in this place today and you think that God's already forgotten about you. Maybe you walked in this place and you already feel forsaken. Maybe you walked in here and you're just going through it, man. This is one of those seasons that you just, you can't wrap your brain around. And what do we do when we are in one of those seasons? The the easy answer is we just get up and we just follow Jesus. That's the easy answer. But is it really practical to do that? And how can we do that? How can we trust Him? How do we know that He is in the middle of the storm? And I think Psalm 23 answers that very well for us. Starting in verse 1, it says this, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my 
shepherd. Now, I, I want to point out that here is the sovereign king of the universe. I told you this a few weeks ago, but the, the word Lord here is in all caps, meaning Yahweh. This is the covenant name of God. This is God the, the Almighty, God the sovereign creator of the universe. And David here is saying that Lord, that cosmic being, that, that sovereign king of the universe, he is my shepherd. And I want you to know in this place today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, that He's not just some sovereign being that, that doesn't care about you, that He is your shepherd. That it is a personal thing. That, that faith isn't just something that we have, to, we have to just try to muster up something and we never get any type of communion or connection. No, God wants to commune with you. And how awesome is it that the Creator of the universe would care so much about you that He sent Jesus on a rescue mission for you. God loves you that much. I want you to know that truth this morning. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to understand that shepherds in this time, they were, they were really low on the totem pole. This wasn't some great profession to be in. So this was a, a humility factor for God. And here's the thing, man, if we're going to be honest, nobody wants to be a shepherd. Everybody wants to be a cowboy, right? Because cowboys are cool. How many of you watch Yellowstone? Don't raise your hand because I don't want you to like tell on yourself. But cowboys are cool. Like everybody wants cowboy boots and the big belt buckles and there's, there's like stores for cowboy stuff. You don't even have to own a cow to be a cowboy. Like you can just dress up like a cowboy. There's no shepherd stores. Like you can't walk into a store and get one of those big robe looking things and a staff or a shepherd and you walk around and that's cool. It's not cool. Like being a cowboy is just cool, but there's a difference between being a cowboy and being a shepherd. See, cowboys, they get behind the herd and they make a lot of noise to push them where they want to go. Shepherds get in front and they lead the sheep. There's a difference. Cowboys may be cool, but Cowboys fatten their cattle for slaughter and shepherds feed their sheep so that they can survive, so that they can take care of them. Cowboys want to be known. There are like cowboy sports. Like you can ride rodeo stuff. You can whatever, right? I don't know. I'm not a cowboy. I know nothing about cowboys except there. there's never shepherd games, right? It's not like who can grab the... the Sheep the fastest with the with the staff. That's not how it goes. It's all about cowboys. They want to be known, but shepherds, see, they don't care if they're known. They just know their sheep, and that's what's most important. See, we serve a God who He's not just a cowboy. He doesn't He doesn't care about the the publicity. He doesn't He doesn't care about the notoriety. No, He wants to know His sheep. And just for the record, when when the Bible mentions us. As sheep, it's not—it's not a compliment. Sheep are dumb. They're probably the dumbest animal on the planet. And I just want you to know that when they call you a sheep, it's not saying that we're some nice, white, fluffy-looking thing. No, it's saying, "Hey, these people are dumb. Like they remind me of sheep." That's me and you. I just want to be real with you. That's the truth. See, there are a lot of people who do ministry, 
But they do ministry like cowboys. They forget about the sheep. And I want you to know that one of my greatest honors in life is being able to shepherd you guys. Not to, not to lead from the back and make a lot of noise. No, I want to be in there with you. Because it's not about just doing ministry. It's about working together and taking our next step of faith. And I only get to shepherd well because we have a staff full of shepherds here at Impact Church. So when you see a staff member, when you see a serve team member, I want you to just say thank you because it's, it's because of their leadership and the way that they shepherd that we get to do anything that we do here at Impact Church. And David is saying, God is my shepherd. John 10 actually says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I want you to know this, if you're taking notes, sheep need a shepherd. They just do. Because they are so dumb, they need a shepherd. And maybe you don't know how dumb they are, so let me just explain some things about sheep to you. For one, they have no defense mechanism. They're like the only animal in the world that can't defend themselves. They don't have claws. They don't have sharp teeth. They're not fast. There's nothing. That's why they need a shepherd. Little humans and sheep are the only two beings or, or animals or whatever, because little humans are animals sometimes, they're the only ones that need 24-7 protection. Once you get past little human stage, you don't really need that anymore. But sheep always need that. They always need protection. And they're not, they're not pretty. I know you see the pictures and, man, it's Jesus like with the long blonde hair, like surfer Jesus. That's not even what he probably looked like at all. And then there's these white fluffy sheep and pick everywhere you see and that's just not what sheep look like. If you're way far away from them, maybe they look pretty and they're really clean and they're really fluffy, but you get close to them, man, and they're just dingy, dirty-looking animals. They're not beautiful. They are ugly. And, and God looked down on us and said, yep, I think we should describe them as sheep because they're about the same way. Because inside, we're just black-hearted sinners in need of a Savior. We are dirty, dingy, just like sheep. They can't distinguish between good food and poisonous food. So they'll just eat whatever. So the shepherd is necessary. And I want you to know that in life, as sheep, we need a shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, when I first learned this a long time ago, I was like, well, if he's the good shepherd, why don't I want him? That's not what this means, right? This means that I shall not be in want. Another translation says, I lack nothing. When we have Him, we lack nothing. Some of you walked into this place thinking that you were lacking some stuff in your life. That you needed more money, that you needed a happier relationship, that you needed better friends, that you needed this. And I want you to know that when the Good Shepherd is your shepherd, you don't lack anything that you need. He provides everything and He does satisfy. The Good Shepherd He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, if you're a millennial or younger, this could trigger you or something, but this shepherd makes you do stuff. 
And you may be thinking, nobody makes me do anything. Well, here's the deal. If you don't want this shepherd to make you do stuff, you need a different shepherd. Because this shepherd makes us do stuff. This shepherd is the sovereign king of the universe, and he will make you do stuff that you don't want to do. He will allow you to go through things that you don't want to go through. But it's all for your good, it's all for your benefit, and it's all for you to get closer to Him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now there's a rhythm that God created called the Sabbath. When Adam and Eve were created on day six, I can imagine like they had some, they had some order. You need to cultivate, and then you need to be fruitful and multiply. And I can imagine that Adam is like, I can't wait to start this. Can we start now? And God's like, oh no. So we're going to rest this next day. We're not going to do anything. See, he created us in, in a Sabbath type rhythm. But what we do is we get so busy and we get so occupied with things in this life that we take no time to just rest in who he is. And we have two options. We can allow him to, to give us the rest or we can burn out and get rest. Either way, we are resting. So it's up to us which way that happens. We can't keep going at a pace and never include Him. A shepherd wrote a book called A Shepherd's View on Psalm 23, and he said the only time that sheep would lie down in green pastures is when they were finally and fully satisfied. And what David is saying is, the, the good shepherd satisfies me to the point where I can lie down in green pastures. I am that satisfied with who he is. Are you that satisfied with Jesus? And I want you to, in your brain, like maybe you're giving a church answer in your brain because you think we can read your mind. We can't read your mind, but I don't want you to give a church answer. I want you to be honest with yourself or with the Lord in this place. Are you satisfied with Him? And the answer is no if you're searching for happiness and fulfillment in any other place but Jesus. Because if you're fully and finally satisfied in Him, you're not going to be searching for satisfaction anywhere else because you already have it and you're lying down in the green pastures of life because you are full of His grace and His mercy and His love. Are you satisfied? Does He lead me beside still waters? Again, this is, this is important because if sheep went to running water, what would happen is that they would be so enamored by the water, they would stick their head down in it, and the water would just weigh them down, and they would fall over into the running stream, and they would drown. They would take something good that God gave them and turn it into something bad that would cause destruction. Does that sound like anybody you know? Because we're really good at taking good stuff from God and turning it into bad stuff and causing destruction in our life. Man, we are sheep in need of a shepherd. It says He restores my soul. There's no trip, there's no vacation, there's no person, there's no amount of money, no relationship, no drug, no drink. There's nothing that can restore and satisfy only the good shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, sheep, they will take the same path over and over and over. And that's okay, except they use the bathroom on that path 
And then when they go back down that path, they eat their, their bathroom stuff, and then they get sick and they die. And you're like, man, who would keep going down the same road over and over and over and then just die from it? Here's the, here's the answer, us. We constantly go down the same road expecting something different to happen. And what David is saying is that my good shepherd leads me in paths of righteousness, that he takes me away from that crazy path, that path that I've tried over and over and over, and he leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me into a right standing with him. And we're so stubborn, man. Like, I'm, I'm the most stubborn. I'm going to admit that to you right now. I am stubborn. And we will take the same path over and over and over and over, no matter if it hurts us or not. And we just think in our arrogance or in our, uh, just arrogance, in our arrogance that we can make it work the next time. But yeah, it didn't work this time, but we can make it work the next time. And it's just not the truth. We need the Good Shepherd to lead us away from ourselves and the paths that we create into paths of righteousness. Now, what, what shepherds would do is the sheep that was prone to wonder, the shepherd would break their front legs. So they would stop wondering because if they, if they wandered enough, then they knew that the shepherd knew the sheep would be eaten. The sheep would be killed. So they would break the legs and then he would carry the sheep everywhere that they went. And then when the, the sheep healed, the sheep would not wander anymore. Not because they were afraid of getting their legs broken. It was because of the intimacy that they've experienced with the shepherd and they didn't want to leave his side. Are you experiencing the intimacy with the good shepherd? Now we serve a God who loves us enough that he would discipline us and he would allow us to go through discomfort in order for us to get on the path of righteousness. And maybe some of you say, well, I don't really want to be disciplined. Well, nobody ever wants to be disciplined. And he's not, he's not going to break your legs. He could, but it, it's more of he will allow you to go through situations so that you depend on him and so that you will brought closer to him. Again, it's our decision, though. When we go through those moments, we can run away from Him or we can run to Him. And that makes all the difference. Now, up to this point, it seems like God's really into us. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. So up to this point, it seems like He's really into us. That it's all about us. But I want you to know that it's, just, it's not all about you. And it ain't all about me. Now He's for you. He's just not all about you. We see that He sent God sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us. So He is for you. He is for us. It's just not about you. It's all about Him. And I think that we see that switch here. It says, for His name's sake. That all of this happens for His name's sake. All of this happens because He is who He is. All of this happens to bring honor and glory to Him. God doesn't love us because we're so lovable. 
He loves us just because He loves us and He created us in His image to worship and glorify Him. It's not that we're just some lovable people. If you, if you think you're really lovable, just talk to your spouse after church and they will tell you all the areas you're not lovable in. They might do it right now. It just depends how y'all's morning went. But He doesn't love us just because we're so awesome. And I, I love you guys, and I love myself, but it's just not about us. Once it becomes about us, we've missed it. He's our good shepherd because He's just good. He loves us because He is love. It's not because we are lovable people. The good shepherd leads. If you're taking notes, the good shepherd leads. And this is, this is the verse that everybody knows. And I want to break this down. I want to just land here just for a little while. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, we don't have to look very far to see the, the valley of the shadow of death all around us. I mean, we see, we see mass shootings. We see racial division. We see political division. We see hatred. We see divorce rates at an all-time high. We see abortion at an all-time high. The state of Georgia is actually number five in the country in human trafficking. We don't have to look very far to see the valley of the shadow of death. See, and this is why I think David wrote this later in his life because he's not just talking theoretically. I think he's talking from experience. Maybe he was thinking about the time that Saul was trying to kill him and he had to live on the run. Maybe it's the time that he blew up his own life by sleeping with a married woman, getting her pregnant, having her husband killed. Maybe it's when he lost a child. Like he knows the pain of that. Or maybe, and they don't teach you this in Sunday school, but maybe it's when David's daughter was raped by one of his sons. And then one of his other sons killed that son. And then the son that killed that son eventually grew up, and then he tried to overthrow David as king. Maybe it was one of these moments in his life where he's thinking, man, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, David knew about the valley. And maybe some of you, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now. Maybe, maybe you're just, you're, you're living it, you're living in the middle of the darkness. What do you do when you live in that? Maybe you got a scan and it came back and it's cancer and you just, you just don't know what to do. It scares you. You don't really know what next step to take. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you look at your marriage and you, and you say, this is the valley of the shadow of death. It's not supposed to be like this. This isn't what I signed up for. Or maybe it's your kid. And I heard a pastor say this, and, and I wrote it down in, in my prayer journal, but there, there ain't no pain like kid pain. It's just not. When your kid is hurting, man, it breaks you. David knew about 
all of this. Maybe you've lost a loved one and you're thinking, man, there's so many other people I would have chosen for you to take out. Not this dude. Maybe, maybe you're just walking through that or maybe, maybe it's depression. Maybe it's, it's some type of, of, of mental health issue. And all the circumstances around you seem to be okay, but for some reason you just can't turn okay on. And the church is and the church has been really bad and say, hey, you just need to have more faith. You just need to pray more. And that's not always the answer. It's not bad to have more faith. It's not bad to pray more, but sometimes there's just more that you need. In God's common grace, He has created avenues and methods to help. And maybe you're just sitting in this place and you're thinking, man, I just can't, like I can't get okay to come. you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. David says this, I will, I will fear no evil. So even though he's walking through all of these things, he says, I will fear no evil. I want you to know that the opposite of faith is not doubt. A lot of people think that if you doubt, you don't have faith. That's not true. If you have doubt, actually, you would make a great disciple because every disciple of Jesus, they didn't understand anything he taught for the most part. They all had doubts. So congratulations. If you have doubts, you, you would make an amazing disciple. No, the opposite of faith is fear. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And David is saying here that as I walk through the valleys and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Is it because God will, will, God will snatch you out of the valley? No, he doesn't say that. He said, well, I know everything's going to turn out the way I want it to. No, nope, he doesn't say that either. The reason that he fears no evil, it says, for you are with me. That in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. He's not waiting on the other side just saying, come on, man, just keep coming. Just keep coming. No, he's in the middle of the valley with you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that He is in the middle of the valley? Man, it's so, it's so special to have a shepherd who doesn't just stand behind you making a lot of noise saying, hey, you got this. Keep going, man. You can do it. Or standing on the other side saying, hey, just come on. I think you can make it. No, He's, he's a shepherd that's right in the middle with you and he, he will put His arms around you and He will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And we fear no evil because He is there. I need an amen. All right. Thank you. That was really good. I'm proud of y'all. Y'all can, can keep doing that. Paul says in Philippians, he says, hey, are you anxious? And some of you are like, well, I'm just anxious. What are you asking me the question? Am I anxious? Paul's like, stop. Like, well, how can I stop being anxious? Like, it's crazy. Like, every time I think about something, I'm just anxious. And Paul would say, hey, well, stop. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we are in, we are in direct communion with the Good Shepherd if we have a relationship with Him. 
And we just talk to them. Because your rod and your staff, they comfort you. The rod was an offensive weapon to keep the, the bad stuff away. And I just want to tell you this too. The shepherds didn't entertain wolves. They didn't try to tame them. They didn't try to entertain them. They didn't try to invite them into the flock. No, they killed them. So I want you to know as, as shepherds, our job isn't to entertain the wolves that come in. Our job is to get rid of the wolves that come in. We will protect the sheep. That is the job of the shepherd. And the staff was for the, for the sheep who were prone to wander. They would, they would grab them by the neck and they would pull them back in. And we serve a God who doesn't mind you feeling a little uncomfortable and grabbing you by the neck and pulling you back in and praise God that He does that for us so that we don't end up killing ourselves. Man, He loves us. The Good Shepherd comforts, man. He's just a comfort. He comforts us in time of need. Because you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want you to know that you do have an enemy and it's not flesh and blood. Your ex is not your enemy. No, the, the enemy is evil. The enemy is, is, is principalities. The enemy wants to, to kill you, wants to destroy you. And maybe you're thinking, well, that sounds just like my ex. And maybe so, I've never met him, right? I don't know if that's him or not. But, it's not flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood. And, and David says, in the presence of the chaos, in the presence of the enemies, in the presence of the, of the valley of the shadow of death, you prepare a table for me. And what this means is that we get to be face to face with Him. We get to be in community with Him. He has invited us to sit at the table. What happens, what happens is that we're, we're allowed to invite anybody to the table. and The goal would be to invite other people to the table who want to help you and see you take your next step of faith. But what happens is all the chaos and the enemies we have around us, we, we, get, we begin to invite that to the table. We begin to allow that to, to sit with us. We begin to allow that to, to dictate and to affect our decisions. Just think about this. Like, There's no appointment needed if you're at the table with someone. You don't need an appointment to reach out to Jesus. You're there with Him. There's no appointment needed. He is there with you all the time. Revelation 3.20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we shall share a meal together as friends. And He wants share a table with you. All you got to do is say yes. The King James Version actually says, we will sup together. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Like, I want to sup with God. That'd be cool, man. Like, sup. Um, that'd be awesome. And that's what this is, man. It's like, hey, he, he, he's here with me. We are sitting at the table together. This is community with the creator of the universe who wants to be your shepherd. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Oil is just a representation here of the Spirit of God. 
and he says, my cup overflows, meaning, and we've said this before, that God doesn't just give you enough. He doesn't just give you enough grace. He doesn't just give you enough mercy. He doesn't just give you enough love. No, he lavishes it upon you. He pours it out on you. Like, he is love, so it never stops, right? So he loves you, and he pours it out on you, and you get full of love, but his love still never stops. He keeps pouring it, and he keeps lavishing it upon you, and it overflows, and it should touch every area of our life. It should be pouring out of us, because it's pouring into us by the good shepherd. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is, to me, this is the most important part of this whole song. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want you to know this, that Jesus, He is the goodness and mercy. We're not talking about two different people. We're not talking about two different things here. We're talking about Jesus. That He is goodness, He is mercy, and He shall follow me all the days of my life. And for some of you, He followed you into this place. And He's still knocking and He's still saying, hey, if you just let me in, I want to I sup with you. I want to share a meal with you. I want to be in community with you. I want to be your good shepherd. It's an invitation for all. And He's followed you into this place. Psalm 139 says, you hem me in, that you go before me and you go behind me. That we are surrounded by the goodness and the mercy who is Jesus. Some of you, today is the day that you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time. It says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is Old Testament speaks for I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. And you're like, well, how? How do you know that? Is it because you're so good? And David's like, no, man, I'm not good. Did you hear my track record at the beginning of this sermon? I'm not good. It's not because of me. It's what he has done for me because goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. That's why I can spend eternity with him in heaven. The good shepherd, just the last point, the good shepherd pursues. We're going to close with this. I watched a video clip of a pastor. He's from Scotland. His accent is amazing. Like, his 40 IQ points up just because of the way he talks. And then, like, you come here and you hear my accent, and it's like 10 points down. Like, there's a big difference here. But his name's Alistair Begg, and, man, this clip's been going around, so maybe you've seen it. But it's talking about the main point of this, this message and this clip is that we must continuously preach the gospel to ourselves. That we must continuously preach the gospel to ourselves. And he uses an example of the, the thief on the cross. Now, if you don't know who the thief on the cross is, just set this up for you really quick. There's three crosses. Jesus is in the middle. There's two criminals on either side. One criminal is just, he's just blasting Jesus, saying, hey, if you are who you say you are, why don't you save Save yourself and save us. And then the other criminal, the thief on the cross, gets it for some reason. And, and it just clicks that somehow what Jesus is doing counts for him. And he, he says, hey, if you could just remember me. Like, I don't really know how this is going to turn out, 
but I have faith that whatever you're doing, it counts for me. And I, and I want to put my faith in that. And Jesus says that you will be with me in paradise. So if anybody went to heaven, we know the thief on the cross went to heaven because Jesus said it. But Alistair Begg is saying, man, I, w- I want to find the thief and just say, hey, how did it all shake out for you? Like, when you got to heaven, how was it? And he just, he begins to speculate. And he says, I can just imagine the, the, the thief shows up at the pearly gates. The angel is like, what are you doing here? Like, well, I'm not real sure what I'm doing here. Um, he said, well, why should I let you in to, to the gate? And they just kind of stare at each other. This thief has no clue what to say. And the angel says, hold on just a minute, I need to go get my supervisor. So he goes and he gets the angel supervisor, and the angel supervisor is like, okay, man, I don't know what you're doing here, but let's just go through a few of the basics. Do you understand the the doctrine of justification? And the thief on the cross is like, never heard of it. Not a clue what that is. He says, okay, well, let's just go down. What about the inerrancy of of Scripture? And the thief's like, man, I, I just, I don't know don't know what you're talking about. And the supervisor's getting frustrated and he says, well, then by what means should I let you in to heaven? And the thief just says, I don't really know, but the man on the middle cross said I could come. And that is the answer. That is the gospel. Is that the man on the middle cross said I could come is that when that question is asked, if, if, if we go first person, we've missed it. If we say, because I believed, because, because I had faith, because I went to church, because I knew these songs, then we've missed it. That's not the gospel. When asked the, the question, why should I let you in? The answer is because He. Because He came on a rescue mission for me. Because He gave His life for me. Because He is who He says He is. Because I is the wrong answer. It's because of Him. It's all because of Him. And for some of you, man, He's been following you. John 10.3 says, To Him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear His voice, and He calls His own sheep by name, and He leads them out. Do you know the voice of God? Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.